0: Hi folks, welcome to another episode of Movies and a Meal, the podcast where we talk about movies and more while we eat. Keith here, and I'm joined today by Ben, and in the pre-recorded offering, our podcast mate Brad, too. Today, it's the big DC blockbuster Blue Beetle, starring Cobra Kai's Zolo Meriduneda, Marne- Mar- Mar- I'll get that right eventually. Sh- um, Sholo Meriduneda. Sholo. Yes. Okay, Sholo Meriduneda. Meridunia. Meridunia. I-, I gotta get that, out. yeah, okay. <laughs> Susan Sarandon, <laughs> and a cast full of talented Latin actors. So Ben, what is this movie all about?
1: Okay, summary, courtesy, IMDB, hopefully I'm doing you, well, Brad, wherever you are, (laughs) which is at home, drafting. Um, (laughs) An alien scarab chooses Jaime Reyes to be its symbiotic host, bestowing the recent college graduate with a suit of armor that's capable of extraordinary powers,
0: forever changing his destiny as he becomes a superhero known as Blue Beetle. That's pretty good. Now, you know, I think before we get into it, Ben, um, for my benefit... I didn't. You don't really need to know to enjoy this movie, but who is Blue Beetle? I'll try to make this very short. So,
1: Blue Beetle was actually a character that was created by Charlton Comics. There's an original Blue Beetle. I think his name is actually mentioned in the movie, like David Garrett or something like that. But yeah. But basically, like Marvel's Spider-Man's Venom, he was fused together with a uh, like mysterious alien scarab and then became a superhero. The one that most people are probably familiar with through the 80s and the 90s and the 2000s is Ted Kord. Um, in the movie, it's explained away that Ted mm-hmm. Kord wasn't able to get uh, a scarab to basically like, connect with. So he kind of went the Batman route. He is like a rich person, and you know he just has a lot of gadgets. In the movie, mm-hmm. later on, we got introduced to Jaime Reyes, the character that Shola okay. Maradona is playing. And again, he becomes more like the Venom thing where, again, an alien scarab merges with him and they become one. And, you know, he gets a bunch of powers. But quite honestly, because I'm not so much a DC fan as I am Marvel, I didn't really know that much more than you did. Mm
0: -hmm. But so in his latest incarnation, he was already a Latin character. Yes. Yes.
1: That's the one thing I was curious because I know a little bit of the comic book lore where I looked it up. Um, You just watched it because... You were just interested, right? I mean, you just thought it was.
0: Yeah. It looked okay. Well, right, for the I, podcast. Yeah, and I, for the podcast also, I knew it was going to be a very Latin movie, and I, I was hoping the family angle would be very well played, and it was. And that's why I enjoyed it, mostly. And I really did enjoy it. As Ben said, I really had no connection to Blue Beetle, Beetle at all, but, you know, you really don't need to. That's kind of what's refreshing about it. There's really no backstory. He gets the scarab, and he becomes the Blue Beetle. The best thing about it is that this is probably the strongest Hispanic cast I've seen in a mainstream blockbuster in, for as long as I can remember, you know, superhero otherwise. You know, I think why this
1: movie succeeds, at least for me, is because there's like family and there's mm-hmm. heart there. And, you know, the DC movies, since Zack Snyder started, you know, it's 10 work, ten years worth of movies. I think the movies that do well have the most heart and that would be this movie i would say the original wonder woman mm-hmm. and shazam i think Jaime is most analogous to like a peter parker because mm-hmm. it's just he's got a family you know this movie it's introduced like they have some money trouble so he's trying to figure it out it's just like peter parker and
0: like mm-hmm. he's young he doesn't have all the answers he's trying to figure it out on the fly yeah um, i made that connection too you know it made me think of especially the early sam raimi movies spider-man you know you're right he's the same kind of character and, you know, the Latin cast in here, they're all pretty great. It's very deep. And, you know, I'll first mention George Lopez, just because I've always been a little different to him. He does this really loud, brash kind of comedy that's not my kind of thing. But he brought a lot of heft to what is pretty much a, you know, by-the-numbers role of the crazy uncle. And he was more interesting than a lot of them. All the family members were really good, though. Beliso Escobedo as the sister Milagro. And, you know, um, Papa Alberto, Damien Alcazar, is fantastic. I didn't know till the closing credits that was, that, that was um, Adriana Barraza. I've always loved her. I will say my only quibble really with the family was, I thought that they went a little too far with the, you know, the granny with the machine gun, not more than machine gun, whatever that was. I realized they were kind of to- teasing that she has this dark past, but that was a bit much. You know, In a uh, lesser part, Harvey Guillen is one of my favorite actors. He is the non-vampire familiar uh, in What We Do in the Shadows. And he doesn't really step up till the end, but he's he's very he's when he, sees he does he's a little wasted. But once he steps up, he's good. He did not really know. have, unfortunately, a lot to do. He just has the one joke that's kind of run into the ground. Um, mm-hmm.
1: The worst part, I mentioned this in in my first reactions, and I again I love her. She's one of America's <laughs> greatest actresses, but like Susan Sarandon is bad in this movie, <laughs> and I like so much that I think it probably is gonna affect my grade when I give it. It just feels like a paycheck for her. She's not given a lot to work with. Okay. No. But then also, she's just kind of like reading the lines, like it's a like it's a rehearsal. Um, she's not even like hamming it up a
0: little bit, which mm-hmm. I would
1: respect a little bit. But I, I don't know.
0: Yeah, but I, I will say I don't disagree. But I did like the whole um, chord storyline. I liked the fact that you know she was building these machines, and um, role Max Trujillo is pretty fantastic as the Carapax. And once he's the, the muscle, he basically they, yeah, he's, his muscle. And once he gets a little of the blue beetle in him, and he and the blue beetle battle, that was fantastic. That was like an old '90s throwback, you know, battle of machines, and it was one of the one of the better superhero fights I've seen in recent years. If I had described the plot, I would say it's a
1: like take Tom Holland's Peter Parker, and then throw in some Iron Man, and then some Ant Man, mm-hmm. and then just kind of shake it up and, and Yeah, and, and, but it, it works well. I thought the. <laughs> The action is pretty solid. You know, the directing is good. Now, the guy who directed it, uh, geez, what's his name? It's Angel Manuel Soto. Yes. This is where Keith
0: and I kind of differed. Um, you know, his last <laughs> movie
1: was Charm City Kings, which I,
0: I liked okay. Keith, you didn't like that one. But, but for him and the writer, though, this is a big step up for them. Uh, the guy who wrote it, Gareth Dane Alcacer, I want to say, is how you pronounce it. It's pretty, I'm probably pretty close. He did this a remake of the Mexican movie Miss Bala, starring... Um, I can't remember who was in it, but it was just a Rodriguez. really. It's what's her name, Gina Rodriguez. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but a really, just a really not a good movie. So this is, but the point being though, those are fairly indie movies. This is a big step up for these two, and they really nailed it for their first uh, big superhero movie. I, I was impressed.
1: We don't know what the future holds for this franchise. You know, we're going to get into the box office and the Rotten Tomatoes. It's a. It's like the last. If, gasp of like the Snyderverse well not really because I guess there's still an Aquaman movie coming out but Mm -hmm. it's one of the last things that it's coming out before James Gunn's vision really starts to heat up and and, you know actually when Aquaman comes out if it doesn't get delayed because of the strike I mean we're not going to get another DC movie probably until 2025 I know the box office hasn't been great I know when you release a movie, especially a superhero movie in August, mm-hmm. you know, that the studio is saying something about the faith they have in that movie, but <laughs> I, I like Sholo a lot. You know, obviously, if you listen to this podcast, Brad and I are, are big fans of Cobra Kai, and mm-hmm. he's got a good charm about him. He, I really think he could be DC's version of Peter Parker with this, oh, and, yeah. and with Jaime Reyes. and. Mm-hmm. They just got to let him cook, and I don't know if that's going to be a second movie. I know they teased it. They teased something in, in the mid-credits or the
0: end credits. Was that about the her father? Yes, the original okay, yeah, Ted okay, no. I around? Was there only one credit scene? That's There's what a second out. one, but you didn't really yeah. need to see okay. that. <laughs> if he doesn't get a second movie, I hope
1: maybe he, he becomes a co-star in one of the other DC movies that James Gunn has. I think James mm-hmm. Gunn has said that he likes his character, so I, hopefully we'll hold him to his word.
0: Yeah, and he doesn't have any of the baggage of Ezra. You know, The Flash did a little better at the box office, but there was so much hype. People saying this was the best DC movie maybe ever, and they were a little full of it. Pretty good movie. But Jaime Reyes is a much different character, a very positive one. I think you're right. I don't know about a second movie, but I think he'll he'll definitely be part of the team. I mean, Gunn is a smart dude, so they're not going to waste some... with this. Even with the low box office, he's just such a likable character. Okay. Well... Do you have anything
1: else to say, or should we get no, to ratings? No, I think we should go to the ratings. Okay, so um, when you hear Brad's segment, he's going to lead off with his, but Keith, why don't you go first, and I'll go.
0: Well, I think I'm going to be on the high end, because you, you told me what Brad did, and I'm going to go four stars, just because I walked into this movie, and all I wanted was something fun, and it gave me that and more. The family angle was great. I liked the old throwback kind of 90s story, and I just thoroughly enjoyed it. You
1: know. I'm going to give it a three and a half, because I... There's more to like about this movie than not to like, and I, I, you know, except for with the exception of Susan Sarandon, who we might not. Again, <laughs> this is all spoilers are off. I mean, we might not see her again anyway in this no.
0: franchise, and um, we'll we'll see. We'll see. I look, she's never done any kind of superhero thing, but yeah. she does do. She was on like she um, she does. She has that. She does show on weird Fox. little things she like she has she's that King show on Kong Fox. summer. You know, <laughs> yeah.
1: Right, with Trace um, yeah. Atkins, mm-hmm. it's
0: like it's yeah. like the country version of Empire, or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, so, yeah, to her credit, she's having fun, doing all kinds of things, but this was not her best. Yeah, oh. I mean, whatever. I mean,
1: <laughs> this might be one of those, like, my grandkids wanted me to be in a superhero movie. So, exactly. Totally. And I'm sure the yeah. money's pretty good, too. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Okay, so we
0: gave our ratings. Keith, you want to guess what the Rotten Tomatoes are? All right, I'm going to go pretty high. Critics are critics, but I will still go 70. And I think the fans really like Jaime. I'm going to go 85. You undershot, which
1: is good. Oh, wow. Um, So the tomato rating for the critics, 78%. Wow. Audience, 91%. Nice. Critics' consensus, led by Cholo Meriduena's magnetic performance Mm -hmm. in the title role, Blue Beetle is a refreshingly family-focused superhero movie with Mm -hmm. plenty of humor and heart. Yeah. And the audience says... Funny with lots of action and appealing cast, Blue Beetle is an entertaining superhero origin story with a few
0: fresh twists. I'd say that's about exactly right. So, um, you know, the positive
1: thing, we're in the second week of Blue Beetle being released. uh, Mm -hmm. The One positive is that this was the movie that unseated Barbie from the top of the box office. And so Barbie is... (laughs) Held that spot since it came out. um, Yeah, but there is a new champ. Yeah, yeah. So, (laughs) so where are we now?
0: Well, um, by a slim, slim margin, Gran Turismo, which you could not pay me enough. Well, you could pay me fifty bucks, I'll go see it. But uh, no interest. But that made sixteen point five million in week one. Barbie was barely edged out, made fifteen point seven million, up to five hundred ninety-three million domestic in six weeks. Blue Beetle, unfortunately, there was a big drop off. Um, It made ten million. Mm. They 70%, 74% drop from week one, that's, that's not good. so $43.5 Oppenheimer is still holding strong. It's up to $299, 299 million domestic after six weeks with $8 million. And finally, TMNT, as I like to call it, even though they spell it out, is doing pretty well, actually. It's still made $5.6 million and it's $98 million in four weeks. Yeah, so that's sometimes. probably overperforming
1: yeah, you know what I'm hoping is, uh, you know, we're recording this on, um, you know, Sunday, August 27th, um, the day before the Flash movie debuted on HBO Max. Um, I'm not sure when Blue Beetle is going to pop on HBO Max, but hopefully, maybe more people will see it there you mm-hmm. know, and get like a more momentum and uh, some calling because, you know, we don't know what DC, what's in the DC studio heads right now. Yeah, um, we have no idea. You know, <laughs> All we, know, gonna... all we know is Superman, right? Oh. Yeah. And there's some other stories. Uh, there's a Brave and a Bold movie, which is basically going to be a oh, Batman yeah. movie I and saw some that. other stuff. Okay, so just to sum it up, uh, Keith gave this movie a four. I gave it a three and a half. And then in a minute or two, you're going to hear Brad's
0: take on this, just kind of expounding on some of the
1: things that mm-hmm. he mentioned last week. And you'll hear the ratings.
0: Well, did Brad, just for the, so that people know... Did you do any better with the names than I did? I have some, I have some trouble with the Latin names. I know Brad sometimes struggles. Show, you know. Shalom,
1: Mayor uh, I think just because we're used to talking about him yeah. from Cobra Kai. Mm-hmm. Some of the other names, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I struggled I struggle with them too, so, sure, yeah. sure. But for this part, I'm Ben. And Keith. Okay, so we're here with Brad. What's up? And, you know, we're recording this. It's been about a week since we saw the movie now, and... Since the spoiler tag is off definitely because when you're hearing this, even though we're recording this first, you'll probably have heard what Keith and I have to say about Blue Beetle. So, you know, all spoilers are off or whatever. Last time we talked, Brad, we had just seen the movie. We didn't want to really spoil anything for anybody. It was just our initial reaction. So I guess I just want to ask you first, now that you've had a little time to sit with it, what do you think about this movie? And then I'm just going to ask you to give your rating right away. I gave it a three and a half out of five. Like I mentioned
2: earlier, I really love Joel Merlenda's performance as uh, Jaime Reyes. That's it's good. I love the family in general. They all do good. the The grandmother got na- Nana Reyes, uh, Adriana Barraza. She's my secret MVP. I just love her there. The whole family was good. The whole family aspect of it, I really enjoyed. So, and even uh, Jenny Cord played by uh, Brenna Marcon- Marconise. I might be butchering that, but uh, th- they all did good. So. My one negative, and you you kind of touched on it last time we discussed it last week, was Susan Sarandon's performance as Victoria Cord, And I was kind of a little higher on you, and then I thought back to it, and it definitely left a lot to be desired. She's basically your stereotypical mustache-twirling villain. She was given no backstory, no background. She's just the evil aunt that's taken over the Empire. So, And it's... And, and, and the way she delivered her lines, I mean, it's basically half-heartedly uh, delivered. And I, I would have rather either go one or the other, like either go like full ro- robotic, just mon- monotone. And I mean, that would give her at least something or, or ham it up. Go one or the other. I would have loved to seen her ham it up. I think it would have been an interesting take on the character. The other thing I was not the biggest fan of, and I'll start off with this. I really love the Spanish culture that's touched on in this film, especially the family and the lifestyle, just just seeing them roll with all they've had to deal with, like they're losing their house, Um, the dad's had a heart attack. If they touched a little bit more on the community part of it, I think it would have been probably it would have been a better movie in my opinion. They talk about how the community's close knit, but you don't really see it per se. I mean, you see shots like in the beginning, and then you in the end they're like celebrating them back back home and they're throwing a party and stuff, but you don't really see it in the middle. Like the one scene where they're invading their home. I mean, you see the community like sheltering in their uh, in their house or something in fear. I mean, if it's I think the the one scene that really strikes me off, and this is comic book movies, that strikes me off as community driven is definitely in Spider Man Two when they're on the on the on the train and P- Peter Parker is uh, fighting Doc Ock and he's getting his ass whooped and basically it's just them sticking up that, for him in the face of a villain that overpowers them. It's 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 very well done in that scene and something like that would have been interesting even just showing like the neighbors bonding with the reyes family just anything just i think some anything would better than just a little showing a little bit at the beginning and then at the end just showing them together partying for just because they're back it's just you're missing a step in my opinion so i think the action pieces were good maybe a little too cgi'd at times but i i think um they were uh it's very well handled and very well, cinematic, especially the final fight piece between uh, uh, Blue Beetle and Carapace. I think.
1: Yeah, Is OMAC or
2: OMAC. He's an OMAC. OMAC, yeah. Granted, it beat Barbie in the box office last week, but it only made twenty-five million dollars. So I don't really see them, unfortunately, bringing the character back.
1: I think maybe we're a little too quick. We don't know what James and what's in James' yeah. head, and you know, like we mentioned last week. You mentioned specifically, you know, Jaime Reyes is kind of the closest to a to a Peter Parker that the DC Universe has right now, or at least in its current arc in, yeah. incarnation. And I don't know, you know, the the executives are the executives, and they're a bottom they're bottom line people, um, and so they're not really going to. I think, factor in some of the things that we're going to be thinking about. Like, it's in between two universes, or two visions of the DC universe. It was also released in August, which traditionally... So, you know, the studio's not doing the movie any favors by that, because August is usually kind of where movies are just kind of released to die. It's not really as... We're past the summer blockbuster phase right now. But, I, I don't know, or... If he doesn't get another movie, that doesn't mean to say that he might not pop up in another movie. Maybe he'll be a co-star like Scarlett Johansson, like Black Widow, or, you know, long story short, I hope you're wrong. Yeah. I hope. I'm I, I, I I, rooting against you. I, I, I think I, I, I think I, you I, hope you're wrong. I, honestly, yeah, I hope I'm wrong, because I really love, I love
2: my boy Jolo. I really think he deserves, he deserves to stay in the character, just like I love my, my other boy, Zachary Levi, as, as Shazam. It's... It's a shame what, what the second movie did, but I, unfortunately, I think that one, the box office might kind of hinder on that one, unfortunately, but uh, that and what The Rock did, but nonetheless, so. If they ever do a Blue Beetle 2, which I don't think they are, but if they do, the the, the mid-credit scene with Ted Cord kind of, Radio in something or whatever it's uh, Ted Corp being the original Blue Beetle yes the uh, the second one actually the scene was an interesting touch I had a few he wasn't dead dead so it's interesting to see if if they ever touch on that it'd be an interesting something interesting so and another thing they didn't touch on which it's it's focused heavily on the Young Justice cartoon series because the second season focuses a lot on the scarabs and everything is that there's multiple scarabs in the universe. So it'd be interesting to see if they if they focus on more than one scarab or not.
1: Now that the spoilers are off like
2: what what like other grapes did you have like on the story? Or I didn't have much other grapes. I mean, the story was okay. I mean, it's it's your common fare for origin stories. So I mean, it's they it just added a uh, Spanish flair to it with a little backing of family and community and all that.
1: I think it's just been executed better. Yes, that's the no. You, I agree. We talked about that. The this is probably the best DC DCU movie they've had in a while. Blue Beetle is a top five DC D- Comics movie, yeah. right? I mean, of the like we said of the Man of Steel era on, so basically the last ten years, right? Yeah. It's a top five. Yeah.
2: I mean, if, if I'm going off top of my head, it's probably like Wonder Woman, either Wonder Woman or the Suicide the Squad. Side, the Suicide squads that's, that's like one and two. Um, this movie is good this movie would probably be three I love Shazam but I think Shazam would Shazam be Shazam would probably be four and, and maybe Aquaman is a default yeah, five yeah Aquaman's like the default five because so.
1: pretty much all the rest are trash unfortunately yeah. there's some good spots in some of those movies yeah but just overall like I don't really have any desire to like rewatch any of them if you, if you want a better of the DC movies, it's definitely one you should see. Well, somebody mentioned, too, again, you know, this movie was kind of, in some ways, maybe left to just, not die, but, like, just left to its own devices in August. And I think some people, too, were saying that it just wasn't marketed well. No. I think Aquaman is supposed to come out in December, or it might have already been pushed, or it could be pushed soon, uh, depending on how the dominoes fall. Yeah. And we won't have another DC movie for a while then, and, and yeah. then James Gunn's era really restarts. Yeah, probably twenty twenty-five. I think so. Probably late 2025. The Spider-Man, man. i am sorry, the Superman movie. I think maybe. Yeah. And who knows when that? If that that might be That's probably going to be delayed like everything else because of the, all all what's happening. With that's the, what the I'm strike, saying. So. It's it's dependent yeah. on how the strike goes. I think we're just going to go ahead and wrap this part up. So. You can find us at Movies and meal, OG, at gmail.com. We're at Movies and meal on Twitter. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or basically anywhere else you can find podcasts. But I think for this episode of Movies and a Meal, I'm Ben. It's Brad. Peace. See you.